Ben, you're kicking us off. So whenever you're ready. Wait, hold on. Let me try one more thing on this. Determined to get the blonde ambition headset to work. Oh, this is so annoying. <laughs> like everything is in disarray from the moves. So it I must mean... be the tank array. About to go astray. My stringer tank is in the way. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. yeah, seriously. Okay. I'm ready. Let me get it together here. Can we get together? All right. Ooh, you got me just so crazy. Listening to MLVC, the Madonna Podcast, your place for all things Madonna Louise Veronica Ciccone. Hey everybody, it's Ben. And hey everybody, it's Liberty. I know. There's no quote, no. Liberty. Well, I had one, but I was like, <laughs> it, oh it didn't come God. together. Let's start again. <laughs> <laughs> no, just just pick just it up say from it? here. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Sway in room as the music starts. Hey, everybody, it's Liberty. Well, n- not the right movie. I thought you were going to give us a, like a nothing really matters or something. Uh, um, true. Hey, everybody, it's Stefan. Thanks for joining us for another episode of MLVC. We are continuing our Madonna summer movie series with Madonna's second studio movie in the 80s. Shanghai Surprise. I know everybody out there was asking and begging and pleading. They were wanting and needing and (laughs) waiting for this episode. Well, here it is, kids. Buckle up. Uh, We're going to talk all things Shanghai Surprise today. Produced by ex-Beatle George Harrison and directed by Jim Goddard, a British television movie director. The movie is based on the 1978 novel Faraday's Flowers, which none of us have read. No. I don't think any of the people involved in the movie read it either. <laughs> the story focuses on Glendon Wazy, played by Sean Penn, as a sleazy down-on-his-luck con man struggling to sell glow-in-the-dark neckties in 1930s Shanghai. He is forced into a partnership of sorts with Gloria Tatlock, played by our Mistress of the Dark. No, no, Mistress <laughs> of the Dark. <laughs> That's Elvira. That's Elvira. <laughs> Uh, Played by our mistress of the evening, Madonna, a missionary nurse who wants to obtain a supply of opium to ease the suffering of her poor patients from the war. Wazy promises to help Gloria get hold of a stolen supply of the valuable drug. The only problem, that a lot of other people want the same stolen opium and gangsters, smugglers, thugs, a host of upstanding Air Force recruits, hijinks ensue. And that's our movie. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of chit-chat about the movie, about the critics' reaction to the movie, and all the tea that was going on with the drama behind the scenes. First off, Ben, Liberty, what do we think about the movie as a whole? What, what are your thoughts of Shanghai Surprise? Um, ben, uh, why don't you go first? Well, I'm happy to go first, Liberty, largely because I'm going to be here as a slight defender of Our Lady M in this movie. I think the script and the direction deserve the derision they've gotten, but I do Mm -hmm. not think that Madonna 
and Sean Penn were as awful as the critics proclaimed. And I think a lot of the supporting character actors did the best they could with the script. So in rewatch, I don't think it was as horrible as legend has it. Yeah. I definitely have the same feeling. Um, one of the producers was like, well, the book was pretty terrible, but, uh, you know, um, <laughs> the script was pretty easy to write. I think that, you know, maybe there was some background drama, some background things that really hindered the, the film's success story. My thought when I did the rewatch, because I think I watched it back in the late 80s when I was doing like a binge and catching up on all of my Madonna movies that I hadn't seen. I, I was watching the movie and I couldn't land on whether it, were they trying to be a comedy? Were they trying to be an action movie? I, I kind of felt like they were trying to recreate the magic of mo- a movie like 1984's Romancing the Stone with Michael Douglas mm-hmm. and Kathleen. You know, I think they were trying to make it be this sort of action slash comedy slash love story. And I don't feel like they did any one of those three all together quite well. And like you said, Ben, not necessarily Sean Penn and Madonna's fault at all, because obviously in a movie, there's so many people involved. I definitely think the script had issues Mm -hmm. and I definitely think the direction had issues. Um, I think one of the reviews I had read said you could tell that the movie should have been like 115 minutes, but the movie studio like just started slashing scenes here or there because it's sort of like things felt unfinished. Scenes felt sort of like you just dropped in in the middle or they just ended at the, you know, out of nowhere. What do you think? Is it supposed to be comedy, action, love, all all of the above? What do you think, Ben? I think to your point about romancing the stone, I would say even more so it's sort of attempting to be the love child of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Mm. romancing the stone Mm -hmm. because romancing the stone wasn't really a period piece. She was like a modern novelist, yada, yada. And whereas the Indiana Jones movies were heavily steeped in that pre-World War II sort of post-Depression glamour of the late 30s, well, glamour that was projected by Hollywood. Um, And I feel like they were trying to do both of those things. So it was trying to be sort of like a gritty crime adventure. They're trying to capture the spirit of those kind of gritty 30s movies, but also have like that glamour element. So there's just too many things it was trying to be in the script. And yeah, it just didn't work. Yeah. And I would say for me, largely, um, because I am a rather forgiving person when it comes to acting and actors, and I'll pretty much, I'm very gullible. This is why I cannot watch horror movies, because I really believe, like, you know. Michael Myers is standing outside yes. getting ready to come and kill you. <laughs> I have a terrible, like, track record. I, I couldn't watch, like, I watched, I think the last scary movie I watched was The Ring, and yeah, that's just a whole. Anyway, well, it's the story. It's this miss. It's this. There's a there's a disconnect in like the the flow, like the storyline, um, where you know Gloria's stuff is really her story is just weird. It doesn't, you know, all of a sudden she's gonna she's gonna bind him to promise his 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 that he's gonna help her by sleeping with him like so well so let's talk about the characters in the movie um 
and and the and the acting or whatnot. There are some really quirky characters. I think they were trying to make it be this movie stuffed with a lot of memorable side characters, yeah. and I think they were definitely trying to have this relationship with Madonna's character and Sean Penn's character be these like they don't like each other and then the circumstances bring them together. Um, I always felt it was weird that they made Madonna's character a missionary. Now, maybe that's how it was in the book, but I still felt they could have rewrote that for her to make it a bit more logical Mm -hmm. in the movie. Um, Because you do have to sort of take a leap of faith to grasp the fact that here's this missionary willing to sleep with a man just to get an illegal drug to help these you know these patients of hers it just it did seem a little strange the the setup yeah and i mean she talks about like as the character talks about like she just wanted to help people all of her friends are doing other things standing in a bread line and all these other types of you know sort of non-helpful things and she wanted to be a helpful person um which is admirable of course but i think maybe a nurse or something would have made a little bit more like it would have added to the logic of the character maybe a little bit. Yeah. Except those thirties tropes with female characters are filled with people who are like these odd against type fish out of water. I mean, Hmm. even Willie's character in temple of doom Hmm. is a nightclub singer in Shanghai. What? Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) it just, it's so bizarre. And it requires that strange suspension of disbelief that you're sort of stuck with. Okay. You can also see where Madonna, because she played to type in Susan and sort of also in, Oh my God, what was the movie with gambler? I just drew a complete vision quest. Vision quest. You could see where she probably saw the appeal of playing against type to play a missionary Mm -hmm. in a screwball adventure comedy you know and the sort of wink wink she would call it irony even though it's not really irony of her playing a holy person yeah yes that's true who's dressed really fashionably (laughs) yeah i I, and i do think that that was i think there was an appeal to be able to work with sean penn her husband at the time in the movie you know and i'm sure maybe you know just because you know movies scripts that get passed around Hollywood. This obviously was probably the only film that fit them that that they could get produced and out at the time. So who knows? But big important question I have is how the hell does the porcelain hand man constantly smoke cigarettes? I, I, so the poor man gets his hands blown off by that stupid little contraption mm-hmm. in the very beginning. The Shanghai surprise. Yes. Ta-da! Yeah. Later in the movie, he shows up with porcelain hands, but the man is constantly smoking a cigarette. I'm like, how is he lighting the cigarettes? Are they hollow porcelain hands or are they solid? Like, are they really heavy? Um, like, if he's lifting up solid porcelain hands... Are his biceps really enormous? They're always um, like that, you know, like, right? They, like those little tiny doll you know, hands, like, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I assumed it was his minions because he always has yeah. like a coterie of men running around doing his bidding. So I'm like, oh, he just has one of his dudes do it. Light the cigarette? 
Yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. I just, it was very strange. Like, cause you know, he's like always smoking and it's always just like delicately held yeah. in his hand. And I was like, I just wanted more of him, you know, like I felt like we see him in the beginning and then like he doesn't pop up until like the last 20 minutes of the movie. To the point where you're like, Oh, that guy. Right. I, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. When he I was comes like, back oh. to crush his hands in the taxi <laughs> cab. You're just like, why is this scene weirdly homoerotic? Like, it's so bizarre. I'm like, what kink is going on here? <laughs> so so great. I, that scene, I had to actually, when I was in my rewatch, that was a scene I had to rewind and watch again. I was like, what just happened? <laughs> I was like, what is the screenwriter trying to work out in this? This is very odd. I had not thought of homoerotic kink in go that. back and watch it again sadly i'm now gonna want to go back and watch that uh-huh. even though I, yeah. I said i wouldn't the look on sean penn's face is like oh this hurts but oh maybe it doesn't oh, it hurts so good yeah i was like oh maybe he really is drunk as he's filming this because yeah anyway <laughs> probably so um well so let me let's backtrack for just a second so i wanted to talk about outfits and styling mm-hmm. so obviously it's 1930s shanghai one of the thing I, I loved the most about the rewatch, obviously, Madonna, 1986 Madonna, flawlessly young and gorgeous, mm-hmm. like so beautiful. The camera just is gorgeous to watch her in every single frame. I loved it. And I thought every time you'd see her that there were so many hairstyles that I was like, only four years later. Breathless Mahoney is going to walk into our lives and wear some of these same hairstyles. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought she looked gorgeous and I thought her styling was wonderful. Uh, wh- what did you think of Gloria Tatlock? Oh, I'll just say, I mean, it's an, it's, it's a look that so suits Madonna is this sort of classic Hollywood, uh, you know, Veronica Lake wave. I mean, of course she has to have a high collar and, you know, sort of be covered up but um she's super cute in those in all those little outfits uh i just think as far as her look goes in in interviews that i watched about like at the time where she you know talks about her upcoming record it's interesting to see her say that you know she was calling true blue like uh she was calling it live to tell before mm-hmm. it was um the actual true blue album and thinking about how she, how she looks in the Lift to Tell video, uh, it was just like, it's just such a classic look for her. It suits her so well. You know, anytime she does those beautiful, you know, blonde, the platinum wave right there just to frame her face with a side part. Um, yes. She just looks so amazing. Just gorgeous. Well, yeah, I thought it was it, like the whole like Live to Tell video, Gloria Tatlock look. It was then echoed again, sort of like in a little bit of Breathless Mahoney. Mm-hmm. We also sort of got that uh, very Live to Tell Gloria Tatlock look in This Used to Be My Playground. I'm thinking specifically the train station look, yeah. the one where she's in the field with that gorgeous floral patterned thing and she's in the field and the wind's blowing in her hair. Yeah. So I did a little, I actually did some research on this because I was thinking about, so the movie takes place in 1937 and, you know, I was thinking about Live to Tell and that how she did that look after they had filmed Shanghai Surprise. But think about who Madonna 
because, you know, it's all the hats, it's the structured jackets, it's the high-colored shirts with the half sleeves, all that kind of stuff. The interesting deviation there is the length of the skirts, Mm because typically Mm -hmm. women wore longer skirts that weren't as form-fitting. But so then I had to go and look at a future, even going past Dick Tracy, because that was 40s. So it was the shorter hair with the bob and the higher waist and the the shoulders with the bust versus the structured jackets that cut across with the hats. Wallace Simpson. Yeah. Almost exact same style profile as Gloria Tatlock, which I thought was super interesting. And so I had to go and look and I'm like, yeah, she married Edward in 1937. (laughs) I was like, oh, wow, that's a full circle thing to think that she was doing that style in 86 for this movie, and then all those years later, her ongoing interest in Wallace Simpson, and it's the exact same style. And Simpson, if you go and look, didn't wear the skirt length that a lot of other women wore at that time period. So I thought that was really super interesting. Yeah, see, now I want to go and watch W.E. and see if Madonna recycled any of her Gloria Tatlock outfits in W.E. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. Because you know she's always pulling stuff from her own wardrobe. the archive. Mm -hmm, That little secret warehouse. We're going to have to get Madonna Madonna outfits uh, on on that case. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. They could probably figure this out fast. I couldn't. I was, like, trying to, like, cross-reference, but I was like, oh, my God, there's way too many pictures to do that on the internet for my patience level. But, and your point about that, this used to be my playground. Like she sort of had a looser version of that hairstyle because by world war two, women were using less hairspray. Mm -hmm. I remember this from my grandmother telling me about how much hairspray she used in the thirties. And then when she had to go work in the factory in the forties, when the men all went off to the war, she started wearing less hairspray and her hair looked longer Anyway, side story. Hmm. But one last fashion note is that she was wearing that particular skirt through most of the movie, Yet, she, and she was could barely walk in it, but then she did that fantastic sprint from the pier when she was yes. mysteriously dry because she didn't really jump in the water. Right. Correct. Um, but she somehow managed to, like, catch up with him in that skirt. That was impressive. <laughs> Very. She's qu- she was quick. She was quick. It's because she really I mean, did not accept that, okay? She does she not, not she accept not. that. <laughs> and she had started training with Ray Kaibartis at that point, so she was getting buff and could run really fast. My goodness, your knowledge is exceptional. I was going to say, let's pause Shanghai Surprise for just one second. Benjamin, what is that wonderfully colored beverage that you're drinking? Oh, I am drinking some Empress 1908 gin in a beautiful purple coupe from West Elm. It's quite nice. <laughs> it is. It's a lovely looking color. Um, yeah. The coupe is pink glass and then the drink is blue. Um, let's talk a little bit about the music. And when I say just a little bit about the music, that's all we're going to spend on this because, uh, so George Harrison, uh, an ex Beatle, uh, wrote the title track Shanghai surprise. Um, I thought one of the sad things about eighties movies is they had this weird obsession with having to make songs match the exact title of the movie. We did not need a song called Shanghai surprise. Um, it is the song that opens the movie. And I felt like it was like, Two and a half minutes too long. I also felt like some of his music was just so sluggish and melancholy. 
um, that song, um, take what is it? Take my breath away or breath away from heaven? So yeah. just news. Oh my God! It just his music just brought down the energy of the movie, and I was like, in my head, I'm thinking there needs to be a Madonna fan out there who can like strip away his music, re-edit the movie so it's a little bit quicker pace. And like rescored the thing, and I guarantee you it would be much better. I mean, I really feel like it's not the story isn't is not the worst story. It it has adventurous elements, and I kept thinking like, okay, let's just say that for some strange reason they want to remake the movie for today. A new script would change everything, but the music 100% would make it upbeat. And and no disrespect to George Harrison, I absolutely love the Beatles, and I love um, Got My Mind Set on You, which is one year post-Shanghai Surprise. That song is a huge hit, you know, but there's just no life in those songs. It's kind of like, you know, it's like phoning it in a little bit, but then again, George Harrison was never the sort of, you know, know magnetic personality or magnetic uh, character that let's say john or paul was as far as the beatles go but that was the hit single got my mind set on you which was a cover song but he put several of the songs that he wrote for shanghai surprise on that album Hmm. and like completely re-recorded them in different ways that's that's interesting so he saw something there but yeah i'm with stefan like it the way they were orchestrated in the film it was they were plotting yeah Yeah. and they just kept replaying them over and over and over again and i felt like every time i heard it it was like oh here we go again (laughs) and i was like oh my god (laughs) oh my god was i the only one that missed that he was the nightclub singer yeah i totally didn't catch that either until i watched uh some other documentary yeah Mm -hmm. so there for all of you listening if you've not seen it there's also a little hour documentary on youtube you can just literally like shanghai surprise documentary it's like the first one that'll pop up Mm-hmm. And it's mostly um, a British journalist talking about her experience being on set of the documentary yeah. and showing clips and not much new footage comes through. The only fascinating thing I found that was part of that documentary, which you don't have to watch the documentary in order to find on YouTube, is there's a press conference that Madonna and uh, George Harrison had to do because... The movie started creating all this drama behind the scenes and the paparazzi was stalking everyone on the movie because Madonna and Sean Penn were in a movie together and they were a huge couple at the time. And so they did a press conference and Madonna, again, gorgeous in the press conference, talks a little bit about her album and a little bit about the movie and it's beautiful to watch. You should definitely cue it up. Um, but let's talk about the drama. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the reports that were coming from the set was that Sean Penn was not in the mood to be there. Uh, this was where he was, you know, apparently seen punching a member of the paparazzi. He was apparently throwing a chair through a window. He just was over it. He didn't, he didn't want to be there. Um, I, I mean, these they were probably so happy they didn't have social media back then because that you know that that shit would have been all over mm-hmm. Twitter. Oh yeah, and I probably I don't even know if 
with that sort of climate that the film could continue to be made or it would have been like some kind of Gigli or something um, situation. <laughs> but, but oh God, truly, Gigli. hey, well, you know, they just got married, so um, oh worked God. out okay. Can we have Gigli too? <laughs> I, um, I feel like the script would have gone through some sort of sensitivity read and maybe a decent, the punch-up writer would have done a better job of streamlining the script. I don't know. There's just a lot of inconsistencies, but, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I did um, read that it was ex really cold, you know, and we know how much Madonna doesn't like the cold. Uh, I mean, that in addition to this hounding by paparazzi or hounding by, you know, media at the time, looking for any way to fire up Sean Penn. I don't know. The, dr the drama of the movie seems very Sean Penn of the time like and the whole thing with him having them replace the original actor for mr burns with paul freeman that was an interesting choice i was like i'm not sure how he did any better that was such a weird character anyway that sort of twist at the end that he picked yeah. it because he looked like him i was like okay that's creepy too well they kept saying that initially like well he kind of reminds them of him but i'm like i don't see that at all. Day, yeah. At yeah. All. It was just just the blue eyes. I was like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah. But I think that that was part of the reason why I felt there's so many little, like, you know, let's say in the crochet of the film, there's so many missed, uh, you know, knots. There's so many missed yes. hooks yeah. there. It's like they're making a, a just kind of sweeping over a, 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 a problem in the storyline by distracting you with this. I keep coming back to it, but the scene where she's going to sleep with him. You've got to help me. You've just got to. What are you doing? You leave me no alternative but to put you under obligation. <laughs> no, no, you no, 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 you're not thinking. You're bluffing, Stanley. I'm merely placing you under the obligation to continue helping me. Is this something else you picked up from missionary school? Well, go all the way. Go ahead, it won't do you an ounce of good. You're wasting your time, I'm not gonna look. Please get on with this, Mr. Wazy. We have a lot to do today. No, sorry, I had more fun when I had the mumps. I'm waiting, Mr. Lazy. You can wait all day, but I refuse to be put under obligation. That doesn't obligate me one little bit. Yes, yeah, very pleasant, but still not obligated. I am a man of steel. Just say, Mr. Wazy, I can't hear you. I think part of the problem with the script was that they weren't there was they weren't holding any tension with anything. So Correct. We, None of the characters knew what was happening, but neither did the audience. Right. And I think sometimes in the in in successful stories with movies is when the audience knows something that the characters don't. So, like, for instance, we were just talking about horror movies. 
in when Michael Myers is is in the room and you know it, and Jamie Lee doesn't know that he just sat up and he's coming to get her, you, the whole audience is on their is on their edge of their seat yes, because yes. Michael Myers is just about to get Jamie Lee, and you're like, turn around, Jamie Lee, turn around. Yeah. Madonna should have been in the in the dark with what's going on with Faraday's flowers. But the audience should have known Mr. Burns is actually pulling the strings Mm -hmm. because that would have then created a really great tension of like, oh, God, she doesn't know. You know, like there just should have been that sort of element to it. And I think it would have been far more fun. I think the script writer was trying to be like in the last five seconds of the movie being like, dun, dun, dun. A big twist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that just reminded me of something. So speaking of Madonna and her character and her role and her performance, another thing that threw me in the rewatch that I had totally forgotten from the original was that, you know, we were talking earlier about her playing sort of against type, right? Like she's playing this missionary. But then they get to that weird estate and she picks the lock and sort of hints at this like 'er ne'er-do-well street urchin backstory. And I'm like, oh, wait, now you're trying to have it both ways. Yeah. Like, and that doesn't work. But I loved that moment. And I felt like, now see, that's something that I thought made her character far more interesting. Where I was like, what if she was a double agent? Mm -hmm. Where, like, she's not actually a missionary. She's like salt. A drug dealer. (laughs) Angelina Jolie. Yeah, (laughs) where she's like some like shifty drug dealer. And she's trying to pull the, you know, like, that would have been far more interesting. Where, like, everyone in the movie was like in clue everyone in the yes, movie yes. is into into it for their own game and everyone's turning tricks on the side to try to make things work for them it's all a hustle it's a hustle <laughs> well she could have been gloria it's... faraday not gloria exactly Tadlock. what if She's she would working... have turned out with her pretty blue eyes to be his evil sister and then when he right and like at the very tr- end she rips off the blonde hair and it's like, like a black Tracy. wig yes <laughs> you know, like, just there's so many opportunities to like they, fine they were following the book but they could have like taken artistic liberties for the movie to you add they amp up the drama artistic liberties. they absolutely <laughs> should have and 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 it would have been a far successful movie and it could have helped to like get the viewer to like let go a little bit of oh I know that's Sean and Madonna and I know that they're actually married and oh and I'm supposed to believe they don't really know each other so I'm I'm faking it that I buy into this sort of as a viewer right well what right well what if and so then there could have been like a double twist like what if like Madonna's drug dealer character and Sean Penn were actually in on it together mm-hmm. but they fake that they don't know it so they can con Mr Burns into thinking that th- they they don't know each other. And oh, see, this would be far much more better. Okay, Netflix needs to reboot this. Um, <laughs> I think. I think for cultural uh, appropriation purposes, we cannot l- probably call it Shanghai Surprise no. again because some of the horrific cultural atrocities that were happening in that movie, I was like, oh yeah. my god, how was this okay to say even in the eighties? It wasn't. Uh, that's. I think that's terrible. part of why it bombed. Yeah, yeah, it was just. It was just not right and. Um, but I think we could like, maybe, you know, like Cincinnati surprise or something, you know, like, I don't know, like, (laughs) 
Mm. We, we move it somewhere else. I was going to say, there you go. Uh, why don't we make the flowers meth, and then we'll take yeah. this <laughs> to, yeah. you know, somewhere in the Ozarks. Wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, no. <laughs> story already exists. That's already been <laughs> done. Oh, Julia Garner, the Madonna movie. Another there you go. Circle. It all back. There we go. Back. Um, it circles well, speaking of Mr. Burns, I thought it would be fun to do a little reenactment of a scene from the movie just for shits and giggles. Um, we're going to all play characters. Um, so, Ben, refill that drink and uh, uh, Liberty, readjust yourself a little <laughs> bit. Um, uh, we're going to have liberty play gloria tatlock obviously madonna's character uh ben is going to play glendon wazy sean penn's character and i am going to play mr burns and a random man who has i think one line (laughs) um this is the very first scene that you see with uh gloria mr burns and glendon wazy and we're gonna do our very best to give you all a, a wonderful cinematic experience. I should feel like I should do a voice for Mr. Burns. Miss Tatlock, I think we've found our man. Mr. Burns, you can't be serious. If he can be of help, we'll use the devil himself. What about my wallet? There was a wallet in this jacket. No money, no ride. You stole my last ten bucks, you thieving pirate. Uh, sir, can we be of any assistance? Yeah, you got a torpedo handy? Look at that. He didn't even finish the nipples on my little sweetheart. The helping hand aids many a weary traveler, Mr. Uh... Wazy, Glendon Wazy. We can't help but sympathize with your predicament, Mr. Wazy. I believe your ship is due to leave on Thursday. How would you like to earn your fare? Sorry, I'm not cut out for the soup kitchen, thanks. Well, all you have to do is make a few inquiries for us. Yeah? Why me? You speak Chinese with such flair. Yeah, a lot of good it does me. I might as well quack. We're anxious to contact a rickshaw puller. I've absolutely no aptitude for... I. I for, is he British? I, should, he I feel like I should be doing this. I feel like I should be doing a faux British accent. Well, doesn't, doesn't Paul Freeman have a fake British accent? Is it fake? Like, like all Adam. those 80s roles? Yeah. I <laughs> Sorry, am I feel, stunned. Okay. I feel like, I, I feel like I've been doing the wrong accent for him. <laughs> Sorry, I'll, I'll do my best to f- f- faux British. Okay. Um, we're anxious to contact a brickshaw puller. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Are we no, going to be able terrible. to finish this? I'm, I'm not absolutely sure. no aptitude for the native language, and Miss Tatlock's <laughs> only been here a few weeks. The boy was barely able to scratch his father's name on the paper. Can you make it out? Wu You see, Miss Tatlock, I knew we picked a winner. Mm. You know, people don't talk cheap here in Shanghai. I'm going to need a bankroll. Whatever you need, Miss Tatlock will provide. Not that we don't trust you, of course. But a person free of financial responsibility can perform much more efficiently. What is that? Amy the Killer. I bought 100 gross of these babies in Canton. They'll eat them up in L.A. They glow in the dark. As a matter of fact, they're glowing in my crates right now. Hey, how would you like to come into the shadows with me and have a peek, baby? 
Mm, it's perfectly bright enough as it is, thank you. You know, I'll tell you something. There's probably 10,000 rickshaw boys in Shanghai. I'm gonna need a miracle. <laughs> you forget my calling, Mr. Wazy. I believe in miracles. Time progresses, the scene changes. Right. Blow me 10 cents, ma'am, will ya? I'm dry as a bone. Absolutely not. I do not approve of drinking. Look at me, I'm shaking. I can't be any good to you like this. You're wasting your time, Mr. Wazy. What about rice? You don't have anything against rice, do you? I haven't eaten in three days. Very well. Thanks. Mmm. Rice wine. Look at that. Steady as a brain surgeon. I have something to say to you, Mr. Wazy. I do not intend to be made a fool of. You are flippant, facetious, and I suspect sorely lacking in moral fiber. However, I am duty-bound to Mr. Burns to work with you, and I shall try. We've made a deal, you and I and he, and I expect you to live up to it. Do I make myself clear? You don't like me much, do you, ma'am? Well, maybe after you get to know me a little bit, what do you think? I think there's very little chance of that. I expect our association to be an extremely brief one. 20 minutes max. <laughs> right before I fall into a chicken or a duck coop or chicken coop, she thinks they're chickens. Well, good job, good job, kids. That was. Do they fall into the a, fish? Don't they in the ship? There's they get thrown the into the fish. Yeah, she falls into the duck poo. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm here chick- with these just, chickens. Just a bunch of just a bunch of chickens. Mr. Wazy, I release you from your obligation. You mean no more China doll, no more Faraday's flowers, nothing. Absolutely. It's not funny. Well, this isn't going to do much for my reputation. Most girls would reach for a cigarette, one or two have left in a huff. But nobody. Nobody's ever jumped out the window before. You know, I could have stayed home in Brooklyn, Massachusetts, and married a nice Ivy League banker. Why didn't you? Well, the whole country's standing in a bread line, and I just wanted to do something useful. What could I wind up with a bunch of chickens? My Mr. Burns was all over the place. I should. I, I started one oh, way, no. and I, I he, it was he, totally he, he, worth it. He was transitioning through the whole thing. I was expecting <laughs> the, the Mr. Simpson, the the Simpsons, Mr. Burns. <laughs> well, Bart. <laughs> yeah. That actually would have been really fun. That would have been funny. Good, I good Mr. Burns. <laughs> well, everyone, that is our show for today. Thanks, you. Thank you. <laughs> That's Gloria Tatlock signing off here from Shanghai. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us on the journey back in time to Madonna's Shanghai surprise movie. We hope you were surprised at how. Um, and how much we learned watching the film. And next <laughs> month, we'll be taking a look at the last of her trio of 80s movies with the wacky and wonderful Who's That Girl? So make sure to be on the lookout for that. Yes, I'm looking forward to Who's That Girl simply because that's... It will be a high favorite, point, yes. One of my favorite Madonna movies. I can I never tire of talking about Who's That Girl. Yeah. Um, but thank you, too, for taking on the challenge of re-watching Shanghai Surprise. I, I had not seen it in quite some time, and it was fun to sort of go back in time because it is a very 80s movie mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but um, 
it's always good to see young Madonna and see where she started from. And it's a shame that she didn't have a better script to work with because as a result of Shanghai Surprise, obviously that's where she then got the unshakable reputation of not being a good actress, which is a shame because Madonna can act. I think it just depends on the director and the script and the project as it does with with many actors. Uh, Final thoughts on Shanghai Surprise, Ben. Not as bad as the legend would lead you to believe, but watch it for the camp. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Liberty? Gloria? Uh, I was not surprised at... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at any of the uh at any of the film uh but you know i i would say i was surprised that uh it wasn't as bad as i as i remembered i mean i don't mm. i'd only the first time i ever watched it was in the early 2000s when someone oh. someone gave me the dvd which i'd never seen the film before I think because it just wasn't, I mean, I was a huge Romancing the Stone, you know, Indiana Jones fan, but Shanghai Surprise just kind of flew right by me, mm-hmm. even though it was Madonna film. Um, but I, of course, I also loved Desperately Seeking Susan so much and Who's That Girl? So I was never like into it with Shanghai, but you know. I'm telling you, l- let's, let's look at the three of them right now. The two ones that you mentioned, Desperately Seeking Susan and Who's That Girl, kick-ass soundtrack. Yeah, that's true. A surprise, crappy soundtrack. So um, the music definitely plays a huge part in a success of a movie. And George Harrison did not have that. Yeah. So, so sorry, it, sorry, it Beatles. Also, it also plays into her investment into the project, which Correct. matters I'm a lot. I'm shocked they didn't write a scene where Gloria Tatlock got dragged up by George Harrison at the club and had to sing to woo Glendon Wazy. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, people, Netflix, call Harrison me in. Madonna. Call me up, Netflix. I'm, I'm ready to write the Cincinnati surprise for you. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. I can also be, I, I am also fine to cameo as uh, a faux British Mr. Burns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Aye, aye, aye. Uh, and remember, everyone, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MLVC Podcast. You can also donate to the podcast. Sorry. I'm just thinking of how terribly I did, Mr. Burns. Uh, you can also <laughs> donate to the podcast on Venmo at MLVC Podcast, as well as become a subscriber on Patreon. Help keep those bad characterizations coming along. Patreon.podbean.com forward slash MLVC Podcast. Until next time, me and my foe, Mr. Burns, are going to go. Liberty, Ben, thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. I'm just going to go uh, have a little opium to ease my... Oh, jeez. <laughs> You're going to wake up three days later in a bush out back from your house. It's okay. It's all right. It's fine. Don't yeah, You're going to be like, Mom, we were at school. Where were you? <laughs> it's summertime. I can do what I want. Yeah. Just sweat it out. Stay cool, kids. Bye. Bye. Mr. Wazy, would you please conclude this transaction?